podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Face Off. In this one, we will be discussing the nothingness that has happened in, in Liverpool Football Club happenings um, in the last few months. I can't remember the last time we did one. Uh, I think it was the top six one. But nothing's happened since then. Nothing happened on that pod. So, yeah, we're going to have to address the nothingness. But I'll introduce my guests and then we'll get into it. Um, I've got Stephen with me. How are you doing, buddy? Good, thank you, Guy. Enjoying the uh, Twitter rumours. Yeah, that's all they are, because <laughs> uh, nothing's happening. And joining us is Mark. How are you doing, buddy? It's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. I've been cursed. The last few I've meant to do, I've been either ill myself or my children have been ill, but fit and firing, ready to go tonight. Good stuff. Good stuff. Right, Mark, since you've not been on in a while, I'll start with you. Liverpool. Let's start with pre-season. I know you haven't watched loads of it, or, or as much as I have. I think I've watched every, I've suffered every game. That's the right word for it. Um, I've suffered every game. We have played badly. Do you take anything from us playing poorly in pre-season? Because I think there's, there's two groups of people who think it, it, it looks... It's just friendlies. It's just for fitness. And then some, you're like, oh, my God, we're getting smashed by every team. <laughs> uh, and... Uh like a typical football fan in very fickle and fall into both categories so last year when we're beating United in pre-season and Shaq scoring overhead kicks and we're beating Barcelona and Dortmund and the like it's great and it means a lot and it's important and then this year when we're playing awfully and losing oh, it's only pre-season it doesn't matter it's just it's all about getting the fitness and the main men aren't there they've all been international tournaments etc so, yeah, very fickle, I suppose, in between the two, which I think a lot of football fans are. They sing and shout about it when we when we do well and beat Man United. Why wouldn't you? It's still your big rivals, whether it's pre-season or not. But then you flip the coin the other way when you're losing 3-0 to Napoli that, or it's pre-season, there's changes galore. It doesn't matter. The results aren't important. Yeah, I, well, I'm probably more on the pessimist side because every time I look at it, I, I think I've watched it too much and that's where I'm falling down. I'm just watching it like, oh my God, would you try and defend? <laughs> yes, I, I think that's been the, the most alarming is just how open we seem to have been. And the last the last couple of games, really, it's sort of been 60, 70 minutes before he started making the changes. And it's Mignolet ahead of Alisson, but the back four was as... The back four was in the run to the Champions League final. Fabino's been starting. Henderson's been starting. Fair enough, Milner's been playing in midfield, whereas Wijnaldum played midfield for the final. And Wijnaldum's played more of wide forward. But it's a lot of the players that you would imagine would be starting the Norwich game, apart from the strikers. And just the way we've been cut open on the break, I think Klopp's mentioned that. Henderson and Milner have mentioned that. Robertson mentioned that just we're just getting caught out in ways we haven't been before now. And by now, we've only really, well, more friendly, if you like, 
before the Man City game and much as the Community Shields are, are glorified friendly and doesn't really matter, it's again, it's a game you want to be winning because it's up against your main rivals and to get one ahead of them this early in the season would would matter. So it's, it is quite alarming how poorly we've been performing. Results aside, it's, you would hope by now, this close to the season, we'd be we'd be more on the ball than we are. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, Stephen, what's your thoughts on the pre-season so far? Because, I mean, it could all change if we smash Leon tomorrow, I think it is. I mean, to be fair, most of the games have been on like, god-awful times. So I've not watched them. And given the fact that all the talented players have been either back in the old physio room or coming back from international duty, but little desire to watch it. Mm. I mean, I love Ginny and I love the fact he's played every position apart from right back, but I don't really want to be watching pre-season with him on him and Ox as the forwards. Or Dibok Origi mm. as like the talisman of the front line. Uh, wasn't Adam Lewis playing like left wing in one game or something stupid? He's a left back. Uh, left centre mid he was playing for. Well, yeah. the only time he played left back was the domestic games and when LaRucci got hoofed into the next fucking year. I quite enjoyed seeing the clip of the fans cheering every time Sepp got the ball because he'd finally been approved by FIFA to play. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is literally the best moment of pre-season so far. Uh, <laughs> and... And Harvey Elliott's awful top knot. He's definitely going to be best mates with Bobby Firmino. It, it's probably he's been planning that for years. That's why he's got the top knot. Just trying to befriend Bobby Firmino. Um, Mark, I'll, I'll come to you on this. You've you've both mentioned the lack of the front three, and that is an obvious problem. Whether it's the Champions League final or a pre-season friendly, but. We're only missing Shakiri from the backup. Um, is is that a, a very big cause for concern? So, concern we're not, we're evidently not buying anyone. I mean, some people might be holding that hope, but I'm not. Uh, I think most people aren't. But you look at the front three now. We've gone from probably Shakiri, Brewster, and Origi being the backup, and now we've won one Shakiri injury, and now we've got. For two midfielders in the front three all of a sudden. That's just very strange, isn't it? It is. It's, I'm, I'm going to hope this comes back to bite us all on the arse and that, that we do sign somebody. But yeah, I agree with you. It's looking ever increasingly unlikely that we are going to add to it. I was thinking about this today. I think much as it was probably everybody's favourite game of the season, bar the final, of course, that Barcelona game, the fact that we won there 4-0 without... Firmino and Salah, you think, has that hampered us going into the season, into the summer window, really? Is that made Klopp think now that we can get by with what we've got and that if we can win a game like that without those two, that we can manage? But it's just alarming how blunt we've looked without them. And I think Dave mentioned, I think it was an old school pod, that we, we almost lacked the fourth striker so you've got the front three that would start. Origi could be a fifth. Brucey a sixth striker. And Shaq could fill in there. And if you were desperate, Ox could. But it's that fourth one, that the one that then the drop isn't so steep from Firmino, Mane and Salah to Origi. Because that's, that's where the drop is so steep. Whereas 
everywhere else, the drop isn't quite as steep as that. So I think we do need that extra one. But you can win a competitive game 4-0 against Barcelona without two of the three. It's, but that's a one-off game, isn't it? That was a mm-hmm. semi-final of the Champions yeah. League, a one-off game. Everything was sort of with us. Alisson kept us in the game with a few saves for a prolonged period. You just wouldn't like to to manage with what we've got. And I don't think we would manage. Again, this season we didn't score as many as we did last season. There's numerous reasons for that. We shored up the defence, we tightened up. We didn't have to score as many, but you would think teams become more used to the way you play and they will all see now how much of a threat we were from our fullback area. And you would think now as they were doubling up on Salah this season after the 42 we scored the year before, they will have a lot more attention on Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. And again, we haven't added that creative midfield to, to give us another option of creating goals either. So it sounds stupid being pessimistic when you've just won the Champions League and got 97 points. But I think there are genuine reasons to be pessimistic based, based on what we've seen. I mean, we all want to win the league. We want to win the Champions League again where... We've set that bar high now, the way we've performed the last two years. It's it's not now where it's fourth and we'd be happy like we were a couple of years ago. It would still be good mm. to finish fourth, but to it compete wouldn't. with this man city to, to compete with this man city team, you you need to be perfect. Much as ninety seven points mm. was fantastic. It didn't win us the league. And you look it's so difficult to pick and nitpick games. But there was those run the the United away, Everton away. West Ham away, Leicester at home, those four draws, you think if we'd had a bit more depth to the squad there, could we have picked up an extra two points there and then won the league? So you're looking that you need, you can't keep running these players into the ground. I mean, Mane finished the season, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, he had the World so. Cup last year he pl- and they play so many minutes of every game. There's just not even the rotation option in-game when you're comfortable that they come off and get a rest, then it's, they are playing relentless football for two years and something's got to give. And it is just disappointing we don't have that other option. You like to trust Klopp and Edwards and the rest of them, but they know what they're doing. But an injury to one of them long-term, and it would be very, very worrying. Yeah. Yeah, it really would. It really would. Um, Stephen, we've probably had, like, within reason, probably the opposite of perfect preseason. We've had two ACL injuries with Glatzel and Klein, obviously not too important to the team, but an ACL's an ACL. We've had the front three missing all of it because they got to um, the finals or... Um, like the quarterfinals of Afcon or the Copper, um, and it's just, it's just kind of, it's just the most annoying way to start a season because we start on a Friday, which is stupid in itself. So we get less time than anyone else, and we finish the season later than everyone else due to the Champions League. So it, it's just. It just seems like this this start to the season, I mean, it as Mark said, it's weird coming into a season pessimistic, but it just looks like our preparation has been affected the most. And I think we saw the effect that had on Spurs, for example, last season, because they had like a million players at the World Cup. It's, it, it just seems to me like last this coming season, it's just going to be a bit of a bastard, especially at the start with the lack of 
pre-season for pretty much, what, four of our best players, if you include Allison, but he's a goalkeeper, so he doesn't need that much prep, I suppose. I mean, it's been slightly baffling, but I think I'm a bit more optimistic and a bit less concerned than most. Edwards, Klopp, all of the coaching staff would have known for months that there's a good chance, a high chance that Firmino, Salah, Mane were going to be playing long into the summer for their, their clubs and the chance of their nations making the finals were pretty high. Um, and if there were players they wanted, the players they want either aren't available or the price is prohibitive. I think it's probably a little bit of both. Or they've decided that they've seen someone they want next summer. But if they really, really wanted somebody, they'd have bought them in. And then on the flip side... Apart from Van Dijk and Allison, how many players has Klopp ever bought that went straight into the first team? So even if we buy a forward on the 1st of June, I don't see them starting the start of the season. And then if you look at, I mean, if you look at the squad, there's a good chance, you know, Firmino and, and Salah, are, they're machines. There's a good chance they'll have to play the first Premier League game. I don't give a monkey's game about the community shield. I think I think Shaq's an interesting one. I mean, there were quite a lot of rumours last season, and it definitely came up on one of the fatigue or one of the podcasts that Simon does about how he potentially picked up a, a concussion injury, so he wasn't fit to play, and he was on the bench to make up the numbers because we were so short. So sure, and if they really, really had to play, and they could, but they didn't really want to. And he's also had a whole year to get to know Klopp's system. And he was a lifesaver against United. He played some fantastic, fantastic games the first half of the season. So I think there's a good chance that Shaq could be an important player for the first four or five games. I think, you know, Divi's confidence is mile high. And I think he's realised that he might not be the most technically gifted player, but he now knows that he's fast, he's strong, and if he makes a nuisance of himself, because of the way we play, he can capitalise on mistakes. So, you know, that phenomenal, iconic goal against Barcelona, it's 90% Trent, and it's 10% that Origi's really, you know, he's, he's seen the defenders around him are switched off, and he knows if he runs around and makes a nuisance of himself, he's got a chance, and he puts it away with a decent finish. Can I just cut, cut you in there? I don't I don't want to be one of those that, well, obviously, Oxlade-Chamberlain was missing for the vast majority of the season. Naby was in and out. I don't want to be one of these that are, oh, they're like new signings, so we don't need to sign anybody. You were saying there about Shaq, and I agree. I'm, I'm watching goal, Liverpool goal rush on the telly in the back home when I'm doing this. And sort of November, December time, Shaq did play a key role and he was getting minutes and he was scoring and creating he did then did seem to vanish and you're right there was those rumors but if we're having to put him on the bench when he's got a concussion or he's not fit to play that is surely showing that there is a likeness in the squad that needs to be filled and and again he didn't get many minutes but we've sold Sturridge as well so we're even more of an attacker down now that's what concerns me but Brewster's been earmarked for Sturridge's minutes, hasn't he? And Klopp said last summer before he got injured that Brewster was going to be a first-team player. So I think they've just swapped one for the other. And OK, he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't necessarily have some of the talent that Sturridge has got. Like Some of the goals he scored was, were ridiculous. Like that chip against Everton. 
but he seems like a natural goal scorer. Like the preseason, tap-ins, penal- penalties. The way he smashed that penalty in, complete. Like it was the way like Fowler rocked up in his first season, complete massive balls. I'm scoring this. I don't care. So you know, a talented, confident, nineteen-year-old with a point to prove could be a dangerous weapon. And if we are, if we're only relying on him to play Sturridge's minutes, which were about eight nine hundred, I think I saw earlier today, that doesn't worry me. And I think he could surpass Origi if he performs well. I think Origi got no minutes last season at the start of the season. He got them all in the second half, and you know we've all said he's a shite footballer, but at the same time he's a dangerous goal goal scorer and I don't I don't give a damn if he falls over 10 times a game as long as one of those times he falls over the ball goes in the back of their net so I'm, I'm a bit less worried and I, as I said if we'd sign somebody I can't see them playing because Cotton I, doesn't start new players he doesn't it has been rare as you say Cater did start the first couple of games whether that was forced upon him because again Henderson had been in the World Cup Etc. Fabino needed longer to settle. I agree with you, and, and you do make a valid argument. I just, I just think we are that one light, and it's up yeah, to but... to make it work. And I can, I can understand, and I can't argue with you about Origi's minutes. But is he not getting those minutes because Klopp knows he's not at the level? And he, he said himself in numerous interviews. I think he did with that video of him and Pep Linders watching the reaction videos to some of our Champions League performances, it just clicked for him in training one day. But if you had that player of a... I mean, look at Pep, what he's got at his disposal, and he seems to keep them all happy. I know there's big rumours that Sane's going to go, but he's got Sane, Bernardo Silva, Sterling, Mares, Aguero, Jesus, and he seems to keep them all happy and, and spread their minutes out better than our front three's minutes are spread out. And I just think if we had that, fourth option it doesn't even have to be on their level just a sort of in between their level and Origi's level but then how many of those players shed. like how many of those players like Mares know that if they leave the club they're halving their salary so do you rather suck it up get to play for Pep who will go down as an all-time great coach win some trophies earn some big money and then when your contract runs out then go play more minutes <laughs> Don't we, we're it, European it, champions. There must be players out there that want to come and and, and I don't know any footballers, but they must back themselves. They are no saying players picking Arsenal over us if we use the Pepe example. No. Yeah, but did you listen to Dave's pod? I think it was on Sunday, and he's talking about how um, we might have been interested in in Nicholas Pepe, but then his his agents asked for twelve million quid, and apparently it's been a nightmare. I was just throughout. using as an example, but I, I, yeah, I, no, I agree. Yeah, but, I agree but, with that point. Yeah, I agree with that. But point. his agents been a nightmare the whole process. Maybe the club have gone. We don't want to get involved in him because he's not going to fit in in this. And that's in this completely squad. fair enough. And, and it's and, a known fact that Klopp puts a lot of emphasis on yeah. on the players' personality and what they're like and how they train and all that, but. Lovren coming out and saying he's the best defender in the world because he got to a World Cup final and a Champions League final. Footballers are arrogant. They back themselves. You you can't tell me that a player like that does not back himself, but if he gets in there, he can take Salah's position. He can take Mane. I mean, three years ago, Mane was on the right wing. And I don't we, all think... thought, we all thought Salah was coming in as a backup to Mane. And Coutinho was, it was the front three was Mane, Firmino and Coutinho. Things do change. We could change to a four-two-three-one and put Bobby 
behind Mo and a wide right player. There is not a top-level footballer that we should be looking at that would not back himself to get into our starting eleven. I'm not talking about Pepe backing himself. I'm talking about they've probably gone his entourage. He's not what we want around the club. You think how Klopp referenced how important Ox was last season off the pitch. And if you watch any of the footage he does for the social media team on Twitter, Instagram, any of the videos like the hip-hop karaoke, he's hilarious. He's one of those glue guys the squad needs. And the advantage of this year is we're going to see him on the pitch. Maybe for the first, maybe for the first few games, we're looking at going, okay, you put Ox in the in the middle of the field, we might get some goals from midfield because could, we don't have many. Agree with you about it's the player, and, and we're all just talking about Pepe because he's in the news. Yeah, and I 100% back Klopp Edwards' judgment that if they're going to be a a bad influence on the dressing room and not take it, then we shouldn't sign him and we shouldn't just sign anybody. But there's a big team of people there that are paid an awful lot of money that must surely be able to find a player that isn't going to disrupt the team that's going to come in and fight for his place but, but realise clubs... at the same time where we are champions we're not we're not talking that we're going to be paying them 10 20 grand a week either they are going to be earning but if clubs money. don't want to sell well no club wants to sell if you we... look at the names that like are known to be available like Gareth Bale whose nickname is the golfer you know you've got Icardi, who's known as a nightmare, and so is his agent, who's also his wife, I think. You know, there are a lot of great footballers who aren't necessarily desirable characters who are available. We don't, you don't hear that Jadon Sancho, Kai Havertz, and the exciting young players that you'd want to see at Anfield are available. Dortmund said before the season started, there's not a chance Sancho goes anywhere this summer. Maybe we've decided to think, look at the likes of him and Havertz and go, okay, well, we can't have them this year, so we'll plan for next year. But if we, and, what if we don't if th- we don't get them next year, then we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> we are, but we're we're in such a position of strength now. We we won the Champions League, we're champions of Europe. We it could all go belly up this year. We could get knocked out in the last sixteen. We could scrape the top four, and then we, we we're not we're known as not being we have we're known as not being the highest paid players and again you don't want mercenaries you don't want people to come and join you because and I have no idea how much he's on and it may be unfair to use him Mares has gone from being king of Leicester playing week in week out to being squad filler at City he's probably doubled his wages and he's happy sat there and it's difficult isn't it because you don't want somebody that's just going to be happily sat on the bench earning his 80, 100, 150 grand a week you want somebody that's going to fight but then knock a couple of stink when they don't play. And it is, I'm not saying it's easy, by no means is it easy to find them. But we pay a lot of scouts, talent spotters, chief executives, an awful lot of money to find these players and to fit the right mould. I don't think anybody was blown away when we were linked with Solaris. I can remember loads of people saying, he's the squad option, he's going to give Mane a rest because we had no Mane back up. And now look at us. So you could sign a, a Pepe or somebody of that ilk, and then in a year's time we could all be saying, wow, Salah's now playing as the nine, Bobby behind him, and we haven't looked back. You just don't know, but we haven't got that option to do that at the moment with the squad that we've got. But maybe we're going to clubs as champions of Europe, and they're asking for prohibitive prices, and we know Klopp won't pay over the odds. It's happened before we've been linked to players, and Klopp's gone, we're not paying that much. We have the record, we have the record defender ever, 
this well the the real who, most expensive goalkeeper ever because Kepa's not worthy of that. And uh, they're both in the top three in the position on the planet right now. But are we going to get one of the top three forwards on the planet right now? Do they want to come to us? Van Dijk, to, was, Van Dijk wasn't top three when we when we signed him though. He was about a week after he was. That's only because it's, he scored against Everton. But this is why it's, it's great that there's hardly any leaks in the club now, so we can have these debates because you you don't know what's going on and, and nobody really knows the reasons why it could be the reasons you've said we can't find the right player. It could be the club backs the team, and as you say, he's seen something in Brewster, and he's been working on Shaq playing in the front three, and it will all be fine. It's it's just the fear of the unknown, I guess, and you would just be more content if there was that the thing is he extra want, player. He wanted Van Dyke and he waited to get him. He wanted Allison, and as soon as there was an inkling of his availability from Roma, he was at Melwood the next day having a medical. So if the players he wants are available, we'll get them when they're available. I've no qualms about that. But there's also, you know, this transfer window's not been as crazy as the last few. Maybe we're still waiting for the Neymar merry-go-round and the knock-on, effect of, the knock-on effect of that wherever he goes, you know. Well, we all know play. how much Klopp likes Dembele, so there might might well be something in that and Barcelona yeah, still owe us money for Coutinho. They, they want Neymar back. I'd agree with that if the Premier League wasn't stupid and didn't mean we had like less than a week left of the transfer window. <laughs> If we had till the end of September, I think we'd have. I think there'd be a chance, but we've got a what nine? It's the eighth. Is it? Is yeah. it the eighth? I think it's next. Closes, I think it's the next day before Thursday. the Norwich game. Yeah, isn't I think it? yeah. So we're not. We're not going to do out in nine days. Like, we're just not. It's not going to happen. So it's just the thing is, if we wait until next year, I know Kai Havertz has been a long. Um, target for Klopp or rumoured to be a long target of Klopp or whatever Jadon Sancho would obviously be a dream Osman Dembele was apparently the first choice ahead of Mane which speaks volumes of how much Klopp loves him etc and he did that cheeky wink to him when he said uh, Demb- when uh, one of the press conferences asked if Dembele was on the market or something like that um, so yeah I mean there is long standing interest in some of these players but we we only have Klopp for so long. I know there's rumours of him signing a new contract and stuff like that, but we need to win the league under Klopp because God knows who we're replacing him with. The last the last good manager we had, we replaced him with Roy fucking Hodgson. I'm not saying we're going to end up doing that again, but it, one appointment can go tits up right quickly. So, yeah, but, but, but we don't know that the likes of Dave Fallows and Michael Edwards haven't given Klopp a list of names and he's just gone, don't want any of them. He didn't we want don't Salah. know, do we? Exactly. He didn't want Salah, and now he's the best player in the league. It's, it's but he also a... said Edwards convinced him to get him. So, so, Edwards so may, need, Edwards maybe they're to... trying to convince yeah. him now to get somebody else. It's... Yeah, may, maybe Barca have said, yes, you can have Dembele, but only once we've got Neymar. You, you know, there are so many things that could be happening. Uh, again, it's, it's a lot of the unknown, isn't it? But what you were saying yeah. before, Dortmund have said there's no way they want Sancho. I'm reading... Klopp's book at the moment, the Rafi Honigstein did. There was no way they wanted to sell Goethe or Lewandowski, but Bayern Munich just came in and were taking them. They had a buyout clause, but Bayern Munich paid it, and they had it. Money does talk, and again, Mo's the man that knows all about our finances mm. a lot better than me, but we've just won the Champions League. We had £250 million pound revenue for well, winning let, the Champions League. There, let, there must be money there if there was a player that 
the club wanted. But Mo's also said this week our transfer, uh, sorry, our, our um, wage structure is over 300 million. It's the highest it's ever been because of bonuses. That there's the 50 million going towards the new training ground. That maybe they're putting money to one side, Fernfield Road. That you know, un- un- that unless a generational talent is available, we we might not spend it. Or it might just be the case of we've actually we've been trying to sell Kent and Wilson and Klein and Alana and Lovren, and the club have made a decision that until we've cleared some wages off the books, we can go and pay the the transfer fee. But we need to clear some wages out because if we sell, if we buy before we sell, we're going to massively reduce those players' values. It could be, you could be well be right there, especially with the wages. It's as you said, there are high earners at our club that are just not playing enough I minutes think... to justify their wage. Mignolet, Lalana, and Lovren are all on big money, and they just do not get the minutes to justify that. Nor, in my opinion, should they get the minutes. But if, if Mignolet was to go and we were to get a backup keeper, you would imagine they would probably be on half the salary that Mignolet's on. I mean, I don't hate Hendo and Milner as half as much as a lot of fans do. Maybe Milner. But I don't think either of those should <laughs> to, uh, uh, are of the salaries that they're earning. You know, okay, Milner's useful, but come on, 150 grand a week just because he can play multiple positions. Well, to be fair, I think we're addressing that because going off what Milner yeah. said himself, we haven't offered him a new contract, which no. was one of the rumours at the start of the summer. So I think we may be learning that well we might want to keep Milner but we obviously don't want to keep him on the money he's on so yeah that's fair Um, and again and you want a lot of it you do you're glad that it's all behind closed doors now and you don't know what's going on and and it's better this way than it was under past regimes where you bloody hell you pretty much know the team for Norwich now the leaks were that bad but if somebody came out and said that we're not doing this because we're reinvesting in the stadium or because we're doing that. It's just nothing sad. And I understand you can't say, oh yeah, we want a left winger. Because then every left winger you go out, all the clubs will say, oh, Liverpool are desperate for a left winger. We'll add 10 million to the price. I understand that there's got to be some secrets in football. But if they came out and made an announcement they were expanding the stadium, I think that would appease a lot of fans. No, that's my opinion. They will they tell us on the ninth that Anfield Road's been extended. And that's why we didn't sign anybody. That, yeah, I think that'd cause like one of the biggest backlashes in a bloody while if that happened. Um well let, let's talk about the fan base then. I just to kind of build on the finances point of view, we've obviously seen a resurgence of the FSG debate. I've always kind of been in the middle myself. I think not not exactly Brown knows them, if that's the right word, but I, there is, I think there is general criticisms that are fair, but some people do go too far. Do, we obviously can't get bankrolled, i got to put allegedly in, um, illegally, like some clubs, um, and we obviously don't have the self-generated money that Man United do. Um, but are we expecting a bit more from FSG considering what John Henry said um, after, before the Champions League uh, uh, Stephen he's proved to spend when he wants to spend and when the players are available I think we, we can't assume it's down to John Henry or anyone at the club that we haven't bought anybody apart from Klopp and Edwards and the people in, in charge of the first team we don't know that money could be available and Klopp might not, might not be willing to spend it 
or the mm-hmm. club may have made decisions because Klopp has been talking about we've got bills to play. Maybe they've had decision end of the season and said the players we want aren't available, so we're going to invest elsewhere. And he's and they've agreed on a strategy because it very much look whenever you listen to Klopp talk and we listen to Werner or Henry, it does sound like that that entire management structure of the club thing to discuss openly everything and everyone's aware of what's always going on and everyone's behind everything so I, I i don't look at them not spending and go oh god it's fsg out this or that or the other because we've got our highest ever wage bill we've just got 97 points we've just won the champions league we've got a phenomenal main stand we're about to build a whole new training facility putting the first team and the youth teams together and we're potentially about to drop what was it 50 80 million if if not more on anfield road end so they're building a commercially viable business that if they walk away or work, they said when they first came in, they'll never bankroll players because they want the club to be self-sustaining. According to Forbes, it's in the top 50 wealthiest sports teams on the planet right now. And I could, some of those numbers always worry me when you look at American sports teams. But you know the club are financially doing all the right things. If we get a big kit deal, which we're rumoured to be getting, you know, Mo thinks we could get a 10-year billion-dollar deal with someone like Nike in the summer, or Adidas, or Puma, or whoever. So I don't think it's about I don't think it's about them having short arms and deep pockets. Yeah, no, I'd I'd, I'd agree with that in general. But just to play devil's advocate here, Mark, is there enough evidence now? I know, as Stephen just said, they've came and said they came in and said they won't bankroll players, but it does look like we only spend well decent-ish or huge-ish going off the previous summer is when we do a big sale so does that lead to concerns that we obviously think ahead to next summer we we said we could be linked with Sancho or Havertz or whatever does that give you concern that we possibly might be selling one of the front three possibly and again well I'll throw the word allegedly in here you look at Mike Ashley at Newcastle and how he's taking money from the club. Don't think you need and allegedly I, with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't want gags to get sued. Um, and, and the Glazers at United, they're, they're bankrolling themselves based on the club. They've never done that with a club. And a lot of our fan base, whether it's jealousy or what hate the way Man City and PSG are run, that they've got these mega rich owners who just spend whatever they want and they can spend 60 million and pay Mares 200 grand a week to sit on the bench and it doesn't affect them. So, I think in certain ways they wouldn't win whatever they choose to do. But the money that the club are generating, they are spending. And as Stephen said, they've they've spent on the ground, they're spending on the training facilities. They are improving the club as a whole and they want us to be run sustainably. We're not selling Coutinho when they're taking the money out of the club and using it for something else like other clubs do. We are spending what we earn in an ideal world, yes, they, they're under their own pockets as well, but we earn an awful lot of money. And however, we've got to spend that money. We have bought Alisson and Van Dijk, who were, as you said earlier, the, the most expensive players in their position at the time we bought them and potentially won't be by the end of the summer if United flunk out 80 million on Maguire. But when the it's money's there to be spent, they, just do, think- they do spend it. So... I don't really have a problem with them as owners for well, if you look at, better owners, but we could have a lot, lot worse. If you look at the club they bought, Mark, they bought a club that was on its knees, that was about to go bankrupt, that we would have had to 
change our name and all sorts of the stuff Rangers have gone through. Absolutely. We were on the verge of insolvency. There was not a chance in hell that when they bought the club, we'd have got Klopp or Van Dyke or even Salah and Mane. The club was on its knees. We're now in a position where when we went for Klopp, personality-wise, where he was in his career, we were the right club for him and his profile. He's never going to go to United or or uh, Real Madrid. That's not just who he is. But when Klopp leaves, and the recent reports are he'll leave at the end of seven years, like he's done at every single club he's been at, which is in what three full three seasons time. If he does go at those end of those three years, we're suddenly we're now a club that will have won at least one Champions League. That we're going to win more titles under Klopp. We're going to win the Premier League. We'll have a strong squad. We'll have an ever improving amazing stadium. We'll have a financially stable club making money the right way. And do you know what? We wouldn't have got Pep Guardiola four and a half years ago. And I'm not saying that's who we'd go for, but whoever is the next club, the next Pep Guardiola, the next exciting young manager going somewhere, they're going to want to come to us because they know that Michael Edwards and his team will support the managers and give them the talent they need for the way they play. They know that the owners will back them as long as they are good enough and listen. You know, they tried to back Rodgers, but when Rodgers tried to take too much control, four months later, he was out of a job. So I think we'll, I think it's not just about supporting Klopp now. You've got a succession plan. And when Klopp wants to leave, when our club, the, the best managers and players in the world will still want to join in three years' time, four years' time, whenever it is Jürgen goes. I think that's key. I think you look at like a Juventus or like a Bayern Munich. They are such well-run clubs that the manager changing doesn't really impact the way the team plays, the way the club is run. It's just a continual motion that somebody else comes in. And as you say, when Klopp does eventually go, whether it's Pep Linders is promoted from within, whether we bring Gerard back, whether there's a new up-and-coming manager that nobody's aware of yet that comes and gets a job, you would imagine that that succession plan is in place. <laughs> you never know. The way the way they've said, they've, they're moving to Kirby and building this massive facility where the club can be as one and the way they're even proved Anfield and you can see that they are there for the long term and they're putting plans in place to to make it sustainable for the long term and again there's these repeated rumours that the TV which let's be honest TV revenue plays a massive part in the majority of football clubs that don't have billionaire owners that that deal is going to that deal's just going to crumble and all of a sudden it won't be anywhere near what it is, it might not happen, but you've got to think they've got a plan for these eventualities that this might happen. And you've got a plan that the same as you and I do with our wages, you've got a plan for this is how much you bring in, this is how much you can afford to spend. And you've got to worry, you have to worry about that rainy day, etc. So they're, they're sensible owners. And, and just to go back to what you said earlier, Guy, about potentially selling one of the front three to fund this, it wouldn't surprise me if Salah or Mane went, but you look at the way Coutinho went and the way the money was reinvested and how the team improved, I think we are in a much better state now than we were when when Torres left or when Suarez left and how we spunked that money away. I don't think we would do that now, whether Klopp's the manager when Salah or Mane go, if they do go or not. I think the people at the club now uh, know what they're doing a lot more and the money would be reinvested sensibly and whether it's... Um a straight swap and you get Mbappe or it's 
two or three players and add to the team. I, I, th- I don't think it would have a knock-on effect it's had in previous years. But don't forget, from next summer, the club could, could be looking at shirt deals of £100 million a year. It's completely viable that that could happen, because if, especially if they win a title this year. So even even if you don't sell one of your top three, but you sell a, a you know you sell Divock for thirty million, you sell Wijnaldum because he's not first team anymore. Looking at the players we've got, you get a hundred million deal from a Nike and Adidas, a Puma, whoever. Maybe suddenly you are in the market for a big player in a sustainable way without having to sell someone. And I just think if you look at the big clubs, like we're never going to be able to, we're never going to be bankrolled by government institutions the way that in reality Real Madrid are, Barcelona are, Juventus are, let alone City and Paris Saint-Germain. But the next tier of clubs that you'd want to be compared to, we're not a million miles away from Bayern Munich in terms of on the pitch, off the pitch. Well, on the pitch, we're better than them right now. Off the pitch, we're not far off. And if we start to strike the kind of commercial deals they have with people at Adidas and Audi, we are going to we're always going to be one of the top 10 clubs in the world because Bayern Munich are one of the one of the best club sporting institutions, not just football clubs, on the planet. And that's, if you just look at the model we're using, that's kind of where we're going. Oh, definitely. And you look at just like Western Union, sleeve sponsoring and things like that. I think our commercial side of the business has improved massively in the last few years. And all these companies will see things like our run to the Champions League, and they'll see the parade and see how many people were there. And I want to be a part of that. I want my name associated with our club. I want that many people seeing our brand. And, and people are like that. I, when I was growing up, I wouldn't go near a sharp product because they sponsored Man United. And, I'm sure, and I know for a fact there's Man United fans that will never drink Carlsberg because they sponsored Liverpool. And football fans can be like that. So we can, as you say, strike a deal with a Nike, with an Adidas. Just the impact that would have on their business as a whole for people buying, just not, not not even branded Liverpool stuff, but would all of a sudden start buying Nike trainers instead of Adidas trainers, etc. And that would work. So they will. They won't balk at Michael um, Edwards or Fallow saying, we want £100 million a year because they'll pay it because they'll get that back tenfold. Exactly. What's not to say that next summer that the likes of Sancho or Mbappe are available for the right price. They're both sponsored by Nike. We get Nike as a shirt sponsor. Nike say, we'll renew your boot deal if you sign for Liverpool and we'll tie it to that. And they say to Liverpool, as we're signing your shirt, we want you to pick up one of these lads so you can afford it. And you've got a commercial partnership in Harmony. You know, Adidas are a big part of how Bayern Munich run as a club. They they own shares in the comp- in the in the company. So who's not to say we don't get a commercial sponsor that's got some commercial value in the kind of plays we want as well as selling our shirts? You think how good it is for Nike to be able to sell Sancho's shirt, boots, everything to a club they want, be the face of a brand? And I don't think Liverpool are going to be scared of having a face of a brand, especially with Van Dyke's face all over FIFA right now. They will maximise commercial revenue as long as the players are the right player, the right attitude. Absolutely. Well, again, it's all rumours, but Nike played a big part in Coutinho going to Barcelona. It was first on Nike's website before anywhere else that it had been done. They do. They see the value in this. And again, if if the TV revenue is going to 
drop, our commercial team will look for ways to not just cover that loss, but to make up for that loss and more. And as you say, we, we started, we were one of the first clubs to have the sleeve sponsor on our shirt. Your training kits are sponsored now. There's there's all kinds of aspects. And again, uh, I wouldn't personally be a fan of renaming Anfield, but money talks. And it's if somebody came in and offered enough money, they'd take it. Of course they would. And, and again, if that money was then used to buy an Mbappe or somebody, nobody's going to not go to Anfield because it's called the Nike Stadium. It's still going to be called Anfield. The Echo Arena in Liverpool is the Echo Arena. It's sponsored by MS Bank now, but it's still called the Echo Arena. Do, do you think Bayern Munich fans care that stadium's called the Alliance Arena? It's one not of the best all. stadiums on the planet. Not at all. But again, if that money was, if they sold that and then all of a sudden the Red Sox were signing players for astronomical amounts of money, I think there would be uproar. But if they sold the name it rights and then an Mbappe yeah. signed, a Sancho signed, a Neymar signed, I, mean, I don't think many people would be too disgruntled. Most done a pretty good room, uh, job over the last few room, years of quashing the rumours that Liverpool prop up the Red Sox and vice versa. That's what I mean. Don't... I think they are good owners. What, what's Liverpool's money is kept is kept for Liverpool to to spend, be it on a new stadium, on a new training facility, or on players. I think the money Liverpool generate is Liverpool's money. They don't take money out of the club. Yeah. And do you know what? I get. I I really get why Liverpool fans are worried about why we've not bought players in and what's happening with transfers because the rumours have just dried up. Like have, since Klopp came in, they've just every season there's less and less and less comes out. There was there was talk about Allison, but it all got denied. It got denied. There was nothing credible until the, literally the day before he's at Malwood. Even when we signed Firmino, which was obviously before Klopp came in, but we knew nothing till the day before. The same with Fabino. Like, there's a lot of players coming into the club that we are keeping quiet. That we are waiting till the right deal for those players is available. I mean, who even thought we'd get Fabino? Look how ph- phenomenal a player he's been. So I just think we just. I don't want to be one of those fans that says trust in Klopp and trust in Edwards and all this, but. You are. <laughs> but. There's, there's still 10 days. There's mitigating circumstances. There's so many reasons to why we may or may not have buy someone before the end of the window. And we, it can't be just as simple as blame one person or another. I think, I think in the main, a lot of it comes down to the, the person you are, the personality you are. I'm a natural worrier. So that constant worry is that if, if a bad injury happened to one of the front three, the detrimental effect it would have. And you, th- you think that, well, look at City last year. De Bruyne missed so much of the season and they didn't notice it because the depth they've got in their squad. But then you think, well, hold on a minute. Ox missed the majority of our season and we didn't notice that. So I think it's just the calibre of the player, the position the player's in. It's just that fear constantly now that if one of those three got injured long term, the detrimental effect it would have on. But then you look at Barca, if they lost... Messi and Suarez, I don't know if they've just signed Griezmann and they might well be signing Neymar as well, so maybe Barcelona is a bad example, but I think if any team lost two of their best players in the same area of the pitch, they would struggle. So, I think it is a, a worrying time, but I think for any club would be the same, and 
it's difficult to not have that worry. You're going to have to be seriously top heavy with an unreal amount of quality to not have that worry there that if they got injured, they would miss that. And we were lucky last year that the front three played so many minutes and didn't have injuries, but it could well happen again. They could have the same sort of minutes and then you add in Cater, Shaq and Ox. And as you say, there's potentially more goals for midfield there and Fabino settled more and we could go and get 100 points this year. And we were all worrying about nothing. It's just that niggle in doubt at the back of your mind that we're just selling ourselves a little bit short. We've got the potential here. Winning the Champions League to just kick on and I don't like talking about United, but every year they won the league, they just seem to add add another player. Like when they won the league, they'd go and sign Berbatov from Tottenham when they I mean, already had two or three quality strikers. It's just that forward planning and forward thinking that even if it's just yeah. for a year, so say you go and get a, and we keep throwing his name in there, Pepe, because nobody else's name comes to mind, and the front three are all fine and all fit and all play the vast majority of minutes, and he only gets about a thousand minutes and doesn't have an impact. You could sell him next summer for near enough what you bought him for, or even make a profit on him the way football's going. I just don't see it's that much of a risk in doing it. I think the reward would outweigh the, outweigh the risk if you went and spunk 60, 70 million on somebody. I genuinely think if Paris Saint-Germain said that you can have Neymar for 200 million this summer, we'd have bought him. Not Neymar, sorry. Mbappe. Or if... Dortmund has said you can have Sanchez 100 mil but if San, if, if Dortmund have turned and said if you want him this summer he's 200 if you wait a year he's 100 I, I, I genuinely think the club would have spent the money if the players they wanted were attainable and I mean just look at the Reds just look at the, like the Red Sox they've won four World Series under them American sport is crazy the way that salary caps work the way that trading that their free agency that they're their drafting process works means that it's not very often you get a dynasty that wins more than every two or three years and the, their rebuilding process is breaking down the doors and starting again every five years and yet they still won you know four world series and they still attract some of the most famous names in the game like if you talk to dave about it he knows a lot more about baseball than i do not dave sorry simon he'll get quite excited about the players they've got i think the club will, will have been doing everything it can to get in the players that Klopp needs. He, I just don't think they're available. That's fine. But, and just, just to go back and just, just to ask you then what you said about Sancho, and this is all hypothetical and we're just talking, you can have him for 200 million now or 100 million next year. What if he's a difference between us winning the league or not? Is it then not worth that 100 million pound because that's won us the league? To me it is, but obviously it's not my money. That's so a business it's easy, decision. It's easy, to, it's easy to say that, but the difference between getting that monkey off our back and winning the Premier League, to me, it's worth that. And again, it's not my money, so it's very easy for yeah. me to say it. But, but the position but, yeah. we're in now, how strong we are from winning the Champions League and coming so close to winning the league, you've got to capitalise on that. And as you say, if it doesn't work or you need to balance the books and sell somebody next year, you do it. To me... It's, well, that's it's the, worth that that's the bit. That's the business decision. Maybe the club go, if we want to sign Sancho for 200 million this year, we've got to sell Mane. If we wait till next summer, we don't. Then look what we've got. Maybe maybe players like Sancho are saying, you know what, I'm really enjoying myself right now. Give me a summer, I'll come to you. I'll do a cater deal with you. You don't need to announce it yet. 
there are there are a lot of circumstances, but you know the club's been running us as a respect respectable business, making good money, getting to finals. We've got into how many finals with Klopp? Okay, it took four. us four took us four to win one, but we've got into four finals in, and he's done four full seasons. Like every and I I have every confidence we can win the Premier League and number seven this year with the squad we've got. And I can't speak on behalf of anybody else, but I think as stupid as it sounds, if we did do like a Katie deal for Sancho, even though we didn't have him available to us this year, that would appease a lot of people, just knowing that there was still forward thinking happening and trying to continually strengthen, much as it doesn't settle the argument that you've still got no backup for the front three this year and you could still be left short, just knowing that there was still that investment happening and we were still looking to kick on and strengthen I think that would calm a lot of people down and just say it doesn't make sense in the short term because we've got nobody adding to us this year but just knowing that a quality player was still coming in would make a lot of people happy if you if you take Pepe out of the equation because we've talked about him I can there's only one player who's signed for a Premier League club this year which I genuinely think gets into our first team the Premier League has not been the, all the big signings this year. And who's that player? Don, ba- Don Bele. Because I just think he adds an extra dimension to our midfield. And our midfield's already pretty good. I can't see any players that have come to the Premier League this year. I would go, he walks into our first team. Apart from maybe Atletico Madrid, who've been absolutely mental with the players they've brought in. There's not been, and obviously Real Madrid, because it's Real Madrid. There have not been that many players moving, going, Oh, I'd really want to see them at Liverpool this year. But again, I think if, if you look at our first strongest eleven, which we can all have arguments over, I think pretty much eight or nine players everybody would agree on. There's potentially one midfield space that could be improved on realistically. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned Cotwell yourself. Maybe he's right. Maybe uh, we are going to see Bruno and Dave Hendricks going to throw a party, and we're all going to go to his. His field in Ireland, which he claims is more rural than Trev's, for a big Bruno party. You ju- yeah. I mean, in tradition, as you, you both said, that in years gone by or in windows gone by, we've done the business early. And even then, they've not played till November, December time. But two years ago, we signed Ox after we played Arsenal. And I know the window was different then. So there is also... We do do deals late. Sometimes these things do take time and you're waiting on, if it is Bruno, that we're waiting on Sporting to tie up his replacement and it all became comes a game of cat and mouse and they don't want to sell him first because then whoever they want to buy somebody from will know that they've got 40, 50 million into it. They'll put their price up and it's all a game of chicken and, and who's going to blink first? It's just, the not knowing is so good in a way that our club is run efficiently, but it's so frustrating that you just continually refreshing Twitter to just to hope that there's some news breaking. That's why I've got Paul Joyce on the on notification. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, is in the know, man, isn't he? Mixing uh, up with Michael Edwards on his flight to America, he's the man to speak to. And he keeps saying, "Don't worry." So you know, he claims he didn't talk about transfers with the guys, but. You know, he might be a sworn to secrecy. You never know. You never know. We will all find out by the well. 
week on Thursday, isn't it? Is it five, six o'clock it closes a week I on Thursday? So. Yeah, I think so. It slams shut. Uh, Jim White, the... Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, that's about an hour, and I haven't talked for about 15 minutes. I was just listening. <laughs> um, but is there any, any other points? Because we have done a wide variety of topics from crappy pre-season to signing Mbappe and Sancho to FSG. A- anything else we want to quickly discuss between you? I Bring think... Suarez in on loan for the Norwich game and then send him back to Barcelona. Yes. I I don't think City get anywhere near as many points this year. I think squads look better. I think West Ham are going to be more competitive. Wolves are going to be more competitive. I think we all know that Leicester are going to score 100 goals this year. They're probably just going to concede 70. I think teams will give a bit less respect to City this year based on, in, in, I think, sort of 10th up to 6th. Going to be a, those clubs will be a much better calibre than they were last year. And I think it'll be a lot more exciting. And I think, you know, there's a good chance we'll win the league with 88 points, not 97. See, much I'd like to agree with you on that. I really, really would. But then part of me just looks at the games they lost last year and think they're just not going to lose to those teams again this year. As you, again, it comes back to me being very defeatist and negative, not optimistic at all. But you think that the Palace lost and the Leicester lost back to back, they're just not gonna they'd just be too savvy to suffer that again. But then we took one point off them last year. If we can swing that round to four points, they be a whole different ball game. And they never played the reincarnated Divacarigi, so you know. <laughs> never bloody played for Beanie either. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's, that's what I mean, like Fabinho is going to get better season on season. Joe Gomez, if he can stay fit, is going to get better. Trent is already one of the best right backs in the world. Jan Mulby says he is the right, the best right back in the world. I think Cater is he's got. You can see how much potential he's got. He was awesome against Barcelona. He, you know, he's going to be more important. We're going to get more goals from midfield. I'm fully confident we're going to get more goals from midfield. I think. Fabino and Cater spending that full season now, coming into a team full of confidence. Ox is he's just so he just looks so excited to play football again. Like I just think there's so many positives around the team and the development of the players we've got. It's not I don't think it's going to be a like for like season. I think a lot a lot of players are going to get better. I think Milner will regress because of his you know his age. He's he might be smart in the head, but he hasn't got the pace anymore. I think. If as long as Hendo keeps playing as a box-to-box midfielder, I think we'll enjoy him. He'll, will, you know, even the super fans of Hendo will realise that he's not the quality of our starters, but he's much better suited further up the pitch. I just think there's a lot to be excited about. I think we have got some youngsters that could come in and do some interesting things. You know, Elliot Daly might come in and be Bobby Firmino reincarnated. Uh, you know, Keanu Hoiver scored a cracking free kick almost almost uh, Van Dijk's Celtic-esque. Was it for the under-19s for Holland in the summer? Maybe he's going to play back up right back and maybe he's going to take the path that Gomez took, which is spend a little bit of time at full-back, learn your trade and switch to centre-back when you're older. Maybe Brewster is going to be like Michael Owen and score 25 goals and win us the league. Obviously, none of this might happen as well, but I just think there's lots to be positive about and be excited about rather than worrying that we've not bought someone. 
it's the club's job to do what they do. We can't influence it. So rather than worry about things we can't influence, let's try and enjoy what we can do, which is 97 points, six times. And we're winning the league this year. I like your optimism. So just a quick one. Obviously, we've got two friendies left. How strong do you think he goes tomorrow against Leon and then the weekend against City? I think we'll see Shaq and Keita. I don't think we'll, and maybe Allison because he's a goalkeeper and he's, he's, you know, he's, what's his name? It's just ridiculous. It's like having Thor in goal, isn't it? <laughs> see, but, I, I, I think City, we're going to see pretty much the team that will play Norwich. I would, I would be very surprised if Salah and Firmino didn't start against City. I think you'd look in Salah, Firmino and Mane up top against City. I, I, don't I think, think he's going to want to lay down a marker in that game and, and get a trophy in the board and win that game. I think if he starts them, they play, they play 60 minutes. I think if he does start them, when the first international break comes up, we probably don't see them play one side of it. He'll rotate them. Uh, second half of last year, if you watch Bobby, he rotates Bobby a lot more than he ever has done. Definitely something size talked about on fatigue index. So yeah. As long as he, I think, I think he'll manage those players. And I think you're right. Maybe he will come out all going to blazing. I mean, one play we don't see against City and Norwich is Mane. Well, Mane's not back until after City, isn't he? Mane's not back yeah. until the Monday. So I'd be surprised if Mane played Norwich, but I think he'll want to get Firmino and Salah. Who's the guy who did the fatigue index with Simon recently? He was saying something about like, Four weeks is the maximum players should have. Three weeks is what most players have had this year. Two weeks will be fine, but they'll have to mitigate it mid-season. So I, there is a chance these guys will play. And, you know, as I said, the goalkeeper doesn't count because he's basically Thor. And Van Dijk's basically Thanos. So we've got <laughs> some pretty monstrous characters that's going to take a lot to break them. Moe's a machine. He plays crazy minutes. He doesn't get injured. Bobby's normally pretty machine-like. It's just, I, th- I think, just as long as Mane's managed properly because of how influential he was last year, as long as Shaq can actually get a little bit of consistency just just for the start of the season, just come in, come in and do what he does. Play five games really well and then sit on the bench for five and do nothing. Just, just the start of the season, come in and do something. Yeah. We shall see. All very mm. exciting. Can't wait for it to get started again now. I'm actually looking for, well, not looking forward to, I'm interested in the friendly tomorrow and then a community shield. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll finish up there. Um, because if we start another topic, it'll go on hour 20. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll finish up there. So thank you both for joining me and thank you everyone for listening. Um, I'm not sure if we'll get another face off in before the Norwich game, maybe one, if, well, if anything happens, maybe, but, Probably not. Um, but yeah, we'll see you after the Norwich game, if, if not before. So yeah, thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Podcast Network.